from your local Houston BMW Center Studios. Welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world, presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston. I'm your host, KG Smooth, welcoming back on the program my good friend, my guy, Mr. Frederick Goodall. Here in another capacity, you know, <laughs> normally I'm um, talking to you for um, the, uh, the, uh, the turkey trot. Yeah. And, uh, but... He is the founder and creator of Mocha Man Style. So welcome to the program. And it's good to see you in person, my Hey, friend. it's good to see you too. <laughs> it's been a long time. It has been a long time. So tell us about Mocha Man Style. What What is this magazine that you have uh, created here, my brother? So Mocha Man Style is a uh, men's lifestyle uh, publication. It's online, uh, mochamanstyle.com. Uh, I cover uh, a few topics Uh uh, fashion, style, uh, health, fitness, uh, travel, cars, and uh, for lately I've been uh, covering a lot of health because black men's health is very important, and uh, I just want to do what I can to spread the word and encourage guys to take care of themselves. Yeah, um, it sounds very multifaceted. What was the inspiration behind uh, coming up with Mocha Man Style? Well, it, it really spun out of another blog that I had called Mocha Dad, uh, where I spoke about fatherhood. And, you know, as my kids got older, uh, I decided that their stories are their own. They're no longer mine to tell. So mm. kind of transitioned that into more of things that I'm interested in and other men are interested in. Uh, and that's where Mocha Man Style came from. Yeah. So, so where did you get your... Uh Sense of style and, 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 and savoir-faire, if you will. Because, like, since I've known you yeah. and met you, like, yeah. you, you've been a, fl- a fly guy. Yeah. Where, did, where did that come from? Uh, you know, it's just growing up here in Houston, you got to have some swag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got to have some style. Just seeing all the guys I grew up with uh, in my neighborhood down in South Park, uh, those guys always uh, dressed very well, seeing the older guys. Seeing guys in church, uh, some of their uh, outfits inspired me. Uh, going to Howard University, uh, you always got to be flying the yard. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yes, indeed. <laughs> you yes, know, indeed. so uh, and, and I and I got to admit, you know, when I moved to Houston, me moving to Houston, um, it definitely expanded my uh, fashion sense and, and my style, yeah. and I started to experiment and just wear things because you know I had been told like you know you've got the. I've, I've been told in the industry I have the sample size, but the, so um, a sample size model. Yeah, so yeah. when designers, you know, uh, create their creations, yeah. um, they make it in a certain size. Right. And I was told that I, my body fits that <laughs> sample size. Yeah. And so with that, I just started, um, just started trying stuff. Yeah. And uh, if it popped in my eye when I looked in the in the mirror. I would wear it, but then it was the ladies, it was the girls, <laughs> like, and especially like the twenty-year-olds. It was like, oh, KG, like you're a hanger. I'm like, huh? You're a hanger. Like, you're a hanger. <laughs> like you, you can wear anything, yeah, yeah. and make it look yeah, good. Like right. you can come in here and wear a trash bag right. and make it look good. Right. Oh, why did they tell me? Why did the girls have to tell me that? <laughs> right, right. Why y'all tell me <laughs> exactly. that? Then I just started jumping out the window with it. Yeah. Of course, in a tasteful, yeah, you know, course, classy way. Right, right. Um, and, and that's what I encourage men to do. You know, take some risks, try yeah. different things. Uh, you don't have to wear the same thing all the time. Mix it up and uh, just express yourself through your clothes because that's what it is, really an expression of yourself, it is an who expression. you are, and it, it just shows the world, uh, you know, I'm comfortable with who I am and I want to wear what I want to wear. And uh, it looks good on me and I feel good about it. And that's what it's about, right. feeling good. When, when did you launch the publication? 
uh, in 2013. So it's wow, been a while. Been, <laughs> yeah. You, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. I never knew this. Yes. Fred, all the times that we ran into each other, you never mentioned this right. before. Like, why, right. why was you hiding this? <laughs> well, I was hiding it. It's always been there. Well, it, it's always it, well, been yeah, there. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, yo, this is this is amazing, y'all. Um, the website is mochamanstyle.com. Uh, so if you're listening, like, while, while you're listening, uh, check it out. But um, to go back to men's health, it is very important. You know, black men, we... Um, were reluctant exactly to go to the doctor or to the hospital when something is the matter yes um and rightfully that, so that's a that's a huge problem I mean then you know it's it, it goes both yeah. ways you know mm-hmm. a lot of people have some mistrust of the medical community and that's understandable because of some things that have happened before but it's more important <laughs> to take care of yourself and take care of issues as quickly as you can because black men are disproportionately affected by so many diseases, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. uh, cardiac uh, diseases, uh, cancers, different types of cancers, prostate, prostate. cancer mm-hmm. and lung cancer. Uh, these these things affect men uh, quite often. Like my one of my friends recently, I mean, just last weekend I went to his funeral. He died of lung cancer. So I really want guys to get checked out, go to the doctor, and do what they can to take care of their health. Yeah, yeah. Um... Where do you think that began or, or how it started? Well, you know, guys, there there are many reasons why, you know, guys are busy. Uh, you know, they want to be, they want to seem strong and not weak. So, you know, mm-hmm. I can deal with it. I can handle it. Right. I don't have to go to the doctor. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'll take care of it. You know, there's some embarrassment about going to the doctor. I have to explain what's going on with you. Uh, you know, and, and, and all kinds of factors, you know, guys don't have time and, all these things converge together and it causes them not to go to the doctor. But you have to make time for your health. You have to get past the embarrassment. You have to speak about what's going on in your body because only you know what's happening there. Only you know how you can explain this to a doctor and you have to get over that embarrassment and talk about it in detail and be honest uh, because a lot of guys will just say certain things. And and, and one one thing that that I like that some doctors say as you're about to leave, is there anything else? Because that kind of triggers people like, oh, yeah, there is one more thing that's bothering me. And that could be the thing that's really serious. So be open and honest with your doctor when you go there. Tell them everything that's going on uh, so they can have a path to help you get better. Very important point. It, and it is the embarrassment. Yes. Because even I myself can attest to not... <laughs> Putting full disclosure <laughs> on what I was, yeah. you know, going yeah. through yeah. due to right. that embarrassment. Right. But right. then, you know, I had to right. slap my own self in the face exactly. and be like, Psh, right. this is a medical professional. Right. This doctor has seen and heard right. it all. Yeah. Yeah. Your, yeah. <laughs> your yeah. little STI is not <laughs> going to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not going to change right. like right. anything. So right. just be. Just, that is the. That's it. Yes. Fred, the yes. embarrassment. Yes. The embarrassment. So yes. you're you're having a men's health expo and blood drive that's happening right. on uh, the 25th. To tell us about that. Yeah, at this expo, I'm partnering with uh, Texas Two. Uh, they're a men's uh, prostate cancer advocacy group. Uh, you know, like 200,000 men each year are diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, and one in five black men. Two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. Yes. 
one in five black men will get prostate cancer, and 5% of them will die from prostate cancer. And prostate cancer is something that you can detect early mm-hmm. and get treatment for. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to deal with all of the complications or even die from this disease. If you catch it early, there are many treatment options that can help you. So prostate cancer is one thing that really causes a lot of embarrassment amongst men because, right. you know, they don't want to get the test right. to uh, detect it or uh, they don't want to discuss it. But this is something that affects us as black men uh, quite a lot in our community. And so many men are dying from this disease and they don't have to. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I'm partnering with uh, Texas to, to uh, spread the word about prostate cancer. But at the event, there will be many more health screenings. Uh, so you can get a good picture of your overall health. And there will be uh, some mental health professionals there as well, because once again, there's a stigma attached to mental health than black men. Uh, so uh, I want guys to take care of their complete selves, physically, mentally, spiritually, everything mm-hmm. they need to be healthy, to thrive, and to uh, do everything they need to do to take care of themselves and take care of their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to the health screenings, we'll have uh, Greater Gulf Coast uh, Regional Blood center there to for a blood drive because right now we really need uh african-american blood types which are b and o uh, mm-hmm. which are 70 percent of what uh, uh african-americans blood types are uh you know these donations will help with uh, anemia cancer sickle cell these these blood types are really needed right now so i encourage everybody to come out and donate blood because that's something we need as well so you can come to the expo have some screenings that mm-hmm. could possibly save your life and donate blood that could possibly save someone else's lives. Indeed, and that is on Thursday, this, uh, this coming Thursday, yes, the 25th. Thursday, um, the 25th, yes. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We are talking to the founder and creator of Mocha Men Style, Mr. Frederick Goodall. Uh, the Men's Health Expo and Blood Drive is this Thursday, the 25th. Um, where's it going to be at? It's going to be at the Geit Gallery, and that's at 2024 Alabama Street. Okay. So I I picked this venue because I want it to be kind of a non-medical venue, somewhere where you can relax, enjoy yourself, uh, look at some beautiful art uh, while taking care of yourself. So there will be music. We'll have some giveaways. It'll be a, a lot of fun. Plus, we're doing this for something that's very important. Indeed, indeed. The Public Affairs Podcast, which is presented by 100 Black Men, of metropolitan Houston um, to go back to the prostate conversation uh, throughout the years, they've changed the age that a uh, black man should get his first uh, exam. Um, at first it wasn't. And I remember growing up, it wasn't until like you were well in your fifties. Yeah. And then, you know, when I got in my thirties, I heard that, you know, it was the age of 40. Right. And um, now the last medical profession I had on when we talked about, it, uh, they were saying as early as 35 now. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's the latest as far as you know? Yeah, I mean, that's around the age. Uh, you know, a lot of younger men are actually getting uh, colon cancer at mm. earlier ages right now. So mm. that's why it's, it's so important to get a colonoscopy uh, probably around when you're 40. Uh, some, some of your insurance carriers um, may not do it until you're 50, but talk to your doctor about it and see what's best for you. So, uh yeah, a lot of uh, colon cancers are, are growing throughout our community. Uh, once again, I had a friend who died when he was, gosh, he had to be in his very early 40s of uh, colon cancer. And uh, it's just something that, 
came up. His family had no history of cancer before, but it's something that that he somehow got and uh, eventually died from. And once again, you know, going to the doctor when you have problems, you have complications, go to the doctor. Sometimes when you have these cancers and you start to see the symptoms, it it could be too late. Mm -hmm. So uh, get your annual checkup, go to the doctor and uh, figure out what's going on with your health. Yeah, that happened to um, my uncle, my first uncle, uh, Uncle Craig. He, um, they found out that he had lung cancer. And this was when I first, first, first moved to Houston. So this was uh, early 2013. Um, so I got here in November 2012. I remember not being able to make it home for Christmas. Yeah. And um, like right after Christmas, got the news like, yo, Craig has uh, lung cancer. It's like the third stage yeah. of lung cancer. And I'm like, what? And then fast forward to Valentine's Day of 2013, he died. Yeah. It was that fast. Yes. It can happen so fast. Like the beginning of January, like the end of December, beginning of January, found out and then by mid-February, he was gone. Yeah. It was, it was the wildest thing. Yeah. Um, to your point on your friend who um, passed due to the colon cancer, no history in his family, but yet he had it. Yes. And I'm, and, and I'm hearing these kind of stories all of the time, especially when it comes to uh, black women and breast cancer. Yep. Like, yo, this doesn't, running our family, but yet here, you know, I have this lump, it's cancerous and all of this. Yeah. And now for me, um, since my spiritual awakening and I have a, uh, a higher, my, my, my consciousness awareness is higher <laughs> and, you know, God has revealed a lot yeah. uh, to me since this transformation. Yeah. It's the food. Yes. It's the food that is causing us. So when I hear stories of, oh, it, you know, it, it doesn't run in our family, uh, but yet I had it. And all of these diseases and this stuff, I'm here to tell you right now, everybody that is listening. It is what we are consuming in our bodies. None of this stuff is passed down. None of this stuff is genetic. It is in the food. They have been trying to slowly kill us forever since since the 60s with what is in the food what is in the water you know we're not as humans and i know that i'm in texas and and i love me some brisket <laughs> okay but we're not supposed to be eating meat we're not designed to eat meat and then when i come across these videos of literally seeing parasites come out of this meat and these are the things that we are consuming and it gets into our bodies and it gets into our systems and these parasites can have you not thinking like yourself you have a certain craving you think that it's you it's not you it's the parasite that is in your gut that is craving that sugar that wants more so you so you're excessively eating to uh satisfy this crave all you're doing all we're doing is feeding the parasite that is 
in us. So I'm saying all of that to say, if you can, just everything in moderation and watch what you eat. Meat is, is, is as much as we love it, it's not, it, 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 it's a, it is a pump fake. It's a pump fake that you have to eat beef and chicken uh, to get protein. Protein is, our bodies make protein itself. You know, it makes it itself. It's the amino acids that helps really create the protein so, you know, we can have the right amount and to help build more muscle and whatnot. And you know what has the most amino acids in it? Green leaf plants. Plants, fruits, and plants. So if we get back down to a fruit and plant diet or at least a a, a vegetarian kind of diet, I guarantee that a lot of these medical issues that we deal with that have all of a sudden started popping up. It just seems like within the last three decades, Fred, that all of these new diseases and, 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 and things are coming up. Why? Because they are trying to slowly kill us. I'm sorry they, to go off on this. <laughs> okay. no, but I'm, I'm just being, okay. I'm, I'm keeping it 100. No, no, it's, it's very important uh, that we pay attention to our diets. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, a lot of people, and, and, and the way people eat, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Uh, for, for many people, you know, eating healthy can be very expensive. Mm-hmm. So they don't because, you, you know, they can get a burger for a dollar from the dollar menu, you know. And is it really a burger? <laughs> right. But, but, I'm, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm saying, you right. know, you know, you got you to gotta look at these factors. So, so we have to try and balance, you know, what we eat. Uh, and and make sure that the food that's healthy for us is one accessible, because a lot of communities don't even have places where they can get fresh vegetables, yeah. fresh vegetables, fresh fruit, uh, fresh food. A lot of food it's, deserts. Yes, lots of food deserts. So so we have to look at all these issues and and how they converge together to affect our overall health. Uh, you know, accessibility, affordability. Uh, just the general knowledge of of what's healthy, what what we're consuming, because you know we we eat the things our parents prepared for us, and whatever their circumstances are, right. they they got what they could get Everything to make sure that we down. got that we got fed. So uh, it's about educating yourself on on what's healthy, what are what are good things to eat, what are good portions to eat mm-hmm. <laughs> as well, because because right. many of us consume too much. Yeah, this three times a day thing, <laughs> another pump fake. Like right. you're not supposed right. people keep you're worried about your gut and uh, oh I've got all of this you know wait I'm trying to lose weight and all of that yay slow down what you're eating because you you you're literally full of shh, with all of that mm-hmm. eating that you do right. that waste right. is just right. sitting up in right. there. Right, and and it's also important for us uh, to look at our family history of uh, you know health conditions, because uh, you may not know <laughs> that your parents, your grandparents, had certain conditions that are genetic and they're passed down to you. So it's important to talk to your father, mother, grandfather, seeing what types of things they're experiencing, because that can help you when you have a conversation with your doctor to let them know, like. My father and I, uh, we, we don't always communicate a whole lot, but mm-hmm. I talked to him about his, uh, some of his health conditions. I found out you know, he has uh, some heart issues. He has uh, uh, high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, and I didn't know any of these things. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I actually had a stroke, and uh, it's because of a heart condition 
that I that I had that I didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> that could have possibly been uh, passed down from him. So, uh, you know, if I had known that right. a few years ago, you know, I could have you taken a different direction. Yeah. yeah. And, and looked at things differently. But, uh, you know, one thing that I want to say to people about a stroke, uh, you need to know the factors. You know, I think everybody knows about the slurred speech and, right. you know, the face the drooping. Face drooping yeah. But for me, it was something totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, my vision went out mm. and, and I didn't know what was going on. And, and, you know, I went to the eye doctor thinking it was an eye problem. But then the doctor told me, he's like, no, it's not an eye problem. Uh, you just had a stroke. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? So, uh, you know, I had to go through that process to heal and, and to uh, get better. But uh, these are all different things you need to look for and, and, and understand mm-hmm. about your health. Like anything, anytime something's not right, don't <laughs> just play it off. If it's not right, go Don't see the doctor. Right, right, like because you should you not live. Your body. In, yeah, you should not live in pain. If you have these chronic pain, like your body's not built <laughs> to be in pain all the time. I know as you get and older, your body you, is telling you something. Right, because right, exactly. As you so get listen. older, you may start feeling certain things, certain pains. But you know, if something's chronic and something's bothering you, don't ignore it. Go to the doctor and, and tell your doctor about it. Yeah, you can get more of this talk and information on Thursday. August the 25th at the Geit Gallery. That is 2024 Alabama Street for the Men's Health Expo and Blood Drive. Um, health screenings, information. Uh, yeah, y'all have, you know, some food, art, music, giveaways, all kind of things. It's Thursday from 5 until 9 at the Geit Gallery. 2024 Alabama Street. Where can they go? They can go to Eventbrite or? Yeah, they can go to Eventbrite and search for it, or they can go to mochamanstyle.com. The information is there. Uh, but I want to give a, a quick shout out to uh, to Rinky Vein Center because they are very committed to supporting men's health, and, and, and they've been a big supporter of this event and sharing it with their audience, uh, talking about it uh, with, with everybody that they can uh, get in touch with, uh, and they'll be there also doing leg exams, vein exams, uh, because uh, just making sure that your overall health is taken care of. For sure. The founder and creator of Mocha Man Style, Mr. Frederick J. Goodall, man. Good to see you. Good thank to see you, you for too. coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on. Indeed. And uh, to everyone listening to the Public Affairs Podcast, presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston, we will be back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world, presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston. I am your host, KG Smooth. Got my cohort here for a a little while, Uncle Funky Larry Jones. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, man. Good morning. Man, how are you? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. And I'm excited about the work that the 100 Black Men Houston have done, are still doing. This organization is so special to the city. And, and we appreciate the the, the fellas um, sponsoring this show. The show has become quite popular, mm-hmm. and so uh, they have jumped on. So, um, from 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston, we have the mentoring chair, Mr. Pat Rumpf, on. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Indeed, and we also have the interim. Education Committee Chair, Mr. Everett Hare Sr. Welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast. Uh, pleasure to be here. Look forward to some great dialogue. Um, and we're just excited about the work we do. 
And absolutely. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about the work that 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston does. You know, we've got a lot of transplants that have uh, moved here to Houston and, and may not be familiar with the organization, or maybe they've got a 100 Black Men in there. Uh, the market that they came from, but just not familiar with the great work that you all have done uh, throughout the years. So tell us about 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston. Well, I certainly can start. The 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston focuses on mentorship across a lifetime. Of course, we're part of a national organization, but mostly we want to focus on the greater Houston area. And, and, you know, being part of that, you know, we we focus on mentorship um, of young African-American males. Mm-hmm. And those grades would be from the grades six to uh, seniors in high school, 12th grade. Wow. So, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we have four pillars. You know, we call them the four for four uh, for the future. And that would be mentoring, which I'm in, you know, the, the head of the, um, the ship with that education with Everett's in, in charge of that, economic empowerment, and um, uh, health and wellness. Yeah. And just kind of add on with what uh, Pat's sharing, uh, working collectively to make sure we're developing and providing the opportunities for uh, our, our young males to grow and see representations of what we want them to become. Uh, diving into each of our pillars, provides the opportunities in different industries, uh, developing their education uh, and skill sets. Uh, so we take great pride in being that representation that empowers them to take it to the next level. What are some of the, um, I don't know, if issues or concerns? What are, what, are, what are some of the major concerns that 100 black men of Houston have uh, regarding today's youth? That's a great question. Um, when it comes to mentoring, one of the biggest things that I see is just co- career ex- exploration, exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, how is it that you know that you like or dislike something if you've never tried it? Mm-hmm. And I just think back to, to my own experience and, and the way that I lead the mentoring program is, you know, it's the program that I wish that I had when I was growing up, you know, in rural Michigan. So one of those big things is just exposing our young, um, our young men to the different career possibilities, educational opportunities, financial literacy opportunities, um, and all those things that they may not get or may not be interested in their, you know, in matriculating through school. Yeah. Um, and, and to add on to that, just thinking about how strong uh, of an impact the mentors are when – uh, they develop those relationships. Uh, you're not only just helping them at that particular time. You know, those are lifelong relationships where, you know, you're cultivating uh, a, a life coach. You're helping them get through different elements of life uh, that they may not have had advisement from somebody in their family or, you know, somebody external uh, that would be in that place. A lot of times uh, our our mentees don't have, uh, may not have a father figure or they may not have, uh, an environment that really demonstrates strong black men. And so it's important for them to see it and be able to understand that there's somebody who does demonstrate time and care and uh, just cherishing that relationship. Mm-hmm. 
Guys, let me ask, um, this is Larry, the, 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 the pool that you, you pull from uh, grade 6 through 12, where are these men, young men coming from? And, and what's, what's the number one deficiency? Although maybe it's not the right word I want to say. Um, I know a lot of guys don't grow up with men in their home, like you said, and then there's some with just the opposite. There are some single fathers who, who are doing their best to raise their kids. But what area of town do you, do you get these young men from? And how difficult is it to get them to be convinced to stay with the program? That's an excellent question. Um, so our population comes from the greater Houston area. So, I mean, as, as, you know, as far south as, you know, Galveston, as far, you know, west as Katy. Okay. Uh, and a lot of it is just from referrals. You know, some of the pro- uh, parents who participate in the program with their young men, they refer us to other individuals within their network, and it just kind of spans. And so as long as they're within 50 miles of the greater Houston area, you know, we can, we can certainly service them. And then you also ask the question of, you know, where do we get these individuals? Well, you know, we screen everyone who goes to our website, 100blackmenhou.org, and they, whoever fills out an application, it comes directly to me. We do a screening and, you know, see what it is that the parents are, you know, what their expectations are with the program. And, um, you know, we just certainly go from there. We have um, several conversations before, you know, bringing them on into the program. Well, I, I... – And then, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I know KG and I have received emails and direct calls on the request line just to shout you guys out because one one of the mothers got his her son in the program, and he came back a brand-new guy, and she was just elated. She said, I didn't even recognize my son. Um, so whatever the skill sets that you are training these young men, it's obviously working. Uh, you've been around for a long time, and, and I am really grateful and thankful to uh, say thank you on behalf of the Public Affairs Podcast. Uh, we appreciate what you guys do. And I love that. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, we definitely just appreciate um, the community of always uh, enabling us that opportunity. Um, from the education side of it, you know, we're tracking – uh, as the kids go through the middle school, the high school, onto college, and then becoming young men in society. Uh, and so we definitely want to continue to grow and expand. Um, as uh, Pat said, all across the Houston area, um, you get students from different neighborhoods and communities, um, and they get to also develop bonds with each other as well. And so there's a lot of great value that comes with our programs. Um, we have an upcoming conference in November, uh, November 18th and 19th. Uh, the topic is the state of the black man child in education. Mm. Um, and it has different strands, uh, looking at data, uh, curriculum and instruction pieces, leadership and policy making, uh, the health and well-being, and then parent and community engagement. Uh, so we do want to um, uh, open that invitation up to parents of the communities, any educators. We have um, some really phenomenal speakers coming in. Uh, um, Principal Barute Kafele is coming in as one of our keynote speakers uh, and a couple other just dynamic presenters. So uh, to even have uh, further conversations about uh, how our students are progressing through the education setting um, and what are some of those elements that we need to be more attentive to, uh, critical race theory, uh, policies, and legislature and things like that. Really? Really critical race theory? 
I thought that that would have been something that, you know, that's a grown folks conversation. Like, I see that the media, you know, they had this whole narrative on um, um, CRT. And I'm like, that wasn't anything that I tapped into until I was like a sophomore in college. And so I was really confused as to why this narrative was going on as if sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth and tenth graders were going to be learning about critical race theory. Yeah, and when you think about just the awareness and attentiveness that you want to instill within young black men to know some things to look for. Um, you know, we've had some controversial uh, areas when it comes to textbooks in schools and things like that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to make sure you're putting out that positive vibe, uh, but also protecting the accuracy of historical elements and also um, allowing them the opportunity to think critically and develop their own perceptions and opinions of what actually happened in the past, also knowing what can be coming in the future. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, It's just, you know how the media does, you know, I mean, they they lie like we breathe. So it's just like, eh, you know, what what is is your angle here? What I love about um, what you all do, and especially when you go to their site, uh, 100 Black Men, H-O-U, dot org is that you see the mantra what they see is what they'll be and that is so 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 important i just think about you know me myself growing up like had i saw more black men on television or even in the community doing something that i may have thought that i had an interest in um, could totally change um, my way of thinking. And so uh, when you all say what they see is what they'll be, uh, how does that make you all feel? It, for me, it makes me feel proud, um, especially because you know being part of something, a larger platform that's bigger than myself, you know, what they see, is what they'll be along with mentoring across the lifetime is, is, is what the 100 black men in metropolitan Houston is all about everything from our mentee program to our collegiate 100 that spans U university of Houston, Texas, Southern and Prairie view A&M university. And one of only three 100 black men chapters that has an emerging 100 chapter, which encompasses all of our postgraduate uh, post undergraduate uh, population and up into the metro chapter, it just makes me feel like we're, we're living what our aim and motto is, you know, and the slogan, you know, we're mentoring across a lifetime, you know, along all of those, all of the age demographic. And it's a very important time, um, especially now uh, with everything that's going on in the world. Absolutely. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston. Uh, we're actually talking to um, two members of 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston, Pat Rumpf and Everett Harris Sr., Mentoring Chair and Interim Education Committee Chair, respectively. Um, You all have a fall mentoring uh, orientation that is coming up um, on the 27th. Uh, Tell us about that. Yes, correct. 
that is an opportunity for individuals to find out what our program is, is about. We engage in group mentoring sessions on the second and fourth Saturday at one of our um, partner organizations, the Mickey Leland uh, College Preparatory for Young Men in Fifth Ward. And uh, parents get to see what, we're, what, we, um, what the 100 is all about. We well, common misconception is that we do one-on-one -on -one mentoring. We don't do one-on-one -on -one mentoring at this point in time. Mm -hmm. We focus on group mentoring. Mm -hmm. We allow the young men grade, at grade six through 12 to mentor each other in a group setting, the way they feel comfortable. And then after those, uh, after the content delivery in those sessions, um, we allow our mentors to break out into many groups and discuss and reflect. Because that's one thing as a, as young men, as I was a young man once, we don't often reflect on what we just learned. How does that make you feel? How are you going to apply that in your day-to-day? -day? Is this something that you want to apply in your day-to-day? -day? So um, we engage in group mentoring, and that's what we're going to be talking about uh, at our orientation. Absolutely. And how can uh, people or parents that are listening um, sign up? Do they need to register, or do they just show up? How does that work? Absolutely. Thank you for um, asking that. We ask that they go to the website and register their young men to attend. That way we'll get a notification, and then that way we can send them the additional information and all the specifics that they'll need so they'll be prepared um, when the orientation comes. Uh, we'll ask that, you know, if you do show up just by a friend bringing you, that's fine, but we want to make sure that we um, protect the integrity of the data that we receive and we make sure that we capture everyone because we don't want anyone falling through the cracks. So, again, the, the best practice would be to go to 100blackmenhou.org, um, go to become a mentee, and then fill out an application. And at that point in time, you'll get um, additional e um, information via email. Okay. I'm very interested to know um, the significance behind the number 100. Why 100? What is it about the number 100? I don't believe, because the concept 100, I guess, began in, in New York. Um, there was just a, a, a group of individuals, um, concerned African-Americans, who wanted to improve their community, in a sense. So it wasn't 100 guys, per se, as, uh, to my understanding, but they just found that 100 is a, just a very impactful number. And it, and it markets presence. Um, so that's my understanding of it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Everett, do you have another yeah, perspective? I, well, I would just look at it from, uh, like Pat said, you know, historically uh, when it first started, necessarily wasn't at that particular number. But I do think it does have a symbolism in society to where, you know, it is not so much full completion, but it is, uh, an accuracy piece where, you know, if you think about people that have a dialect and say, you know, when they say, you know, oh, that's 100, like, you know, it's very accurate, it's very much on point, and, it's ah, um, and that's okay. what our organization yeah. represents. Um, you know, we do aim to have uh, large numbers that re represent um, different fields across uh, all industries, all organizations, all companies, um, and, and bring about a camaraderie uh, with African-American males uh, in our area. Absolutely. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. What is it that uh, the listening audience um, needs to know um, in terms of the upcoming 
uh, fall mentoring orientation or just, you know, what you guys have going on as a whole. And people don't don't fret. Like, they'll be on once a month uh, for the rest of the year. Like, we, we, we've got a lot of conversations uh, set up. Uh, this is our initial one, so I'm glad that we are talking about uh, the mentoring program and their fall mentoring orientation that's happening. But um, what is it that the people need to know before we get out of here? Well, from a mentoring point of view, they can follow us on all social media. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, our email, uh, mentoring at 100blackmenhou.org. Go to our website. We're very efficient in returning communication and engage with us. We want to engage with you. We want to answer your questions. And, you know, we thank you for the trust that you have us mentoring your young men and going into the future. Indeed. Pat Rumpf. And, uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. And uh, with education, we're definitely right there working hand-in-hand with mentoring uh, present, and we want to continue to expand. Uh, we're looking at even getting more involved with some of the other uh, districts and schools. Um, again, I want to uh, promote our upcoming education conference November 18th and 19th at the highest Regency. Uh, great topics, and we want parents community members, educators to all come out and be engaged in that dialogue and discussion. Um, and then look forward to opportunities of uh, exposure with our mentees, uh, college tours and things of that nature to really prepare them for the reward. Indeed. Just log on to the website, 100blackmenhou.org. It's 100blackmenhou.org for all of the information. Pat Rumpf, Mentoring Chair yes, and sir. Everett Hare, Senior Interim Education Committee Chair. Thank you all for coming on the Public Affairs Podcast. Definitely a pleasure. Yep, definitely a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Indeed. The Public Affairs Podcast presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston. Uh, that is it for this week. I am KG Smooth, and on behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>